Could you please introduce yourself? Matar Ibrahim Matar, former MP uh, in the Bahrain Parliament and uh, senior member in Al Wafaq uh, Party. Uh, I was uh, detained uh, during the unrest last year because I was representing my party to support the uh, reform demands in Bahrain uh, for democracy and liberty. Um, uh, I was a member in the Finance and uh, Economic Commission inside the, the parliament. And uh, uh, it was very rich experience uh, that I got in, in, in one year to find myself in a prison and a member, a youngest member in the parliament. So uh, it was a very difficult period for me. Could you explain the importance of Bahrain, especially in the Gulfian states in the Middle East? Yeah, Bah. Bahrain is a tiny sandwich between uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran. This is um, our problem. In fact, uh, uh, the, the, there are a lot of tension in the region, and uh, Bahrain many times is uh, as a tool uh, in those conflicts. Bahrain has the fifth fleet for United States, and it is one of the major fleets for United States. And this also adds another factor to the complication of the situation in, in Bahrain. Uh, Bahrain is, uh, comparing with the other Gulf countries, uh, the other Gulf countries, Bahrain comparing with the other Gulf countries, it is very small. It is not a major producer of oil comparing to other Gulf countries. Our resources is very limited comparing with them. So doesn't have the same wealth while it has the same structure of, of the Gulf monarchies and the ruling family and the regime in Bahrain is controlling all the wealth and there is no democracy in Bahrain where the parliament is the upper house is totally appointed by the king, while his lower house is uh, elected in a corrupted voting system. Uh, for example, I'm representing 16,000 voters, while uh, in other constituencies in Bahrain, they only represent 700. Can you imagine, yeah, while I'm representing 17? thousand or sixteen thousand thousand uh, the other constituencies uh, are just seven hundred so there is no inequality in the voting system which lead that the government have a full control about both the upper house and lower house uh, in bahrain we have a very corrupted judiciary system where the king can appoint the judges and also the government is appointing the public prosecutor and that's why uh, the judicial system in Bahrain is the major tool that is used uh, to punish any people who are supporting the regime and, uh, and demanding for democracy. How did Bahrain become a military base for the United States? Uh, in fact, the relation uh, first it was by by the, the by the English and uh, after that uh, it had been from the 70s with the Americans to be basement um, the Americans always talking uh, about Bahrain as a, a strategic ally 
In fact, I believe that they choose Bahrain because Bahrain is weak in terms of economy and uh, because of uh, the multicultural that it has in Bahrain. So, uh, and with the absence of democracy, it is very easy uh, for for the regime to control the situation by by the strategy of divide and rule. So, uh, I don't see that Bahrain has been chosen to be strategic ally for uh, really a strategic uh, relation. Bahrain is just used by the big the, 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 the countries uh, because it is weak. Uh, and in fact, we would like to have a strong relation with the United States and with those in countries and with all countries. But we would like to see this relation is based on respect, not based on uh, u- utilizing the weak points in our country. Bahrain is under a military occupation by the Saudi army. How did that come about? After the movement for 14 of February in Bahrain, the king decided to, to let the Saudis to enter here in Bahrain. And um, I believe that the entrance of, of the Saudi was something symbolic, just to say that we are supporting the ruling family and supporting this regime uh, and all the violations that they had been done. In fact, I believe that uh, the government here have the uh, capability and the capacity to do all the violations without help without help from anybody from outside so the the, the support was symbolic and just uh, to raise the 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 moral of of the ruling family here and the, the and this regime so um in fact the Saudis are not the major problem that we are facing and even uh, the Western countries, by supporting the regime, they are not the major problem that we are facing. The major fo- uh, problem that we are facing is that we are under an authoritarian regime, which controls the wealth and, and power, and uh, they don't accept to share this wealth and this power. So even if the Saudis were totally neutral in this conflict, uh, I, I think that the, the event that had been taken in Bahrain will go in the same direction, even if the Saudis were deciding to be neutral. You mentioned that you're part of an organization called Al-Ufaq, which has contested parliamentary elections, at least in the lower house, um, and you are a member of that. Um, what has been your relationship with the monarchy, um, you know, your organization, over the recent years in leading up to you becoming members of parliament? Al-Ufaq is, is the major uh, opposition party in Bahrain. Uh, in last election, uh, we got about 64%. Uh, uh, this is the percent of, of our votes for the members who, who succeed in the, in the last elections, comparing with other members. So it is very huge uh, percentage. And uh, Al-Wafaq alone uh, represents the majority in Bahrain. Uh, this is the situation, and uh, that's why all the 
all the agenda and all the propaganda by, by this regime and the campaigns are focused on Al-Wafaq uh, because they have this popularity. Uh, uh, also, Al-Wafaq is, is, uh, is a part of the opposition and this uh, opposition is mixed. There are uh, Sunni and there are Shia, so in terms of uh, sect, they are mixed. In terms of race, they are sect. Six, uh, also makes, for example, there are uh, original Bahrainis who are part of this uh, uh, opposition, and there are Bahrainis from Persian roots, and there are Bahrainis from uh, the Saudi tribes, and there are Bahrainis, uh, their origins from uh, Iraq. So it is a mixture from different uh, routes you will see the, the opposition behind. Also, it is a mix in terms of ideologies. You will find the Islamist and you will find the secular. Uh, and I believe that Al-Wafaq represent uh, the idea that uh, would like to see Bahrain in an theocratic regime, our, our plans to see Bahrain uh, as a secular country. So uh, this is Al-Wafaq and this is the opposition in general in Bahrain. What is your relationship to the secular parties like the Democratic Progress Tribune, which is forming part of the opposition there as well? Yeah, it is a very close relation. Uh, and we believe that the, the secular uh, Sunnis in Bahrain are targeted and uh, they are also facing uh, similar difficulties that we are facing because the government is always pushing to say that the opposition Bahrain is just Shia and they are supported by Iran. That's why they don't want to see any secular parties or any Sunnis supporting the situation in Bahrain. So that's why they are facing very difficult moments. In fact, the only leader, the first leader who was uh, arrested among the political parties in Bahrain was a Sunni and he was a secular. So they are targeted uh, as the other part of the opposition is targeted. Do you have a relationship with other organizations in the Middle East that have formed part of the resistance against the monarchies and against foreign intervention, the interference by Western countries, Hezbollah in Lebanon, organizations that have had some success in really driving out foreign occupiers? Uh, in fact, comparing uh, Bahrain with the other countries, Bahrain is a very small island, and that's why you will not see you will not see the parties are established based on uh, specific ideologies. So you will find it mixed. For example, while you find in Iraq, for example, about 30 to 40 parties with different ideologies or in, in Egypt, in Bahrain you, you will see them mixed together. Uh, so that's why we cannot say that any party in Bahrain is linked with a specific party outside or with specific ideologies. Yes, we have a lot of respect for uh, uh, all the liberty uh, movement uh, and the and the Arab world and Islamic world and then 
even the international movement, uh, even outside the Islamic world, uh, a lot of respect for for uh, the movement of Mr. Uh, for uh, Nelson Mandela and his support and uh, many people are fan of his movement and they look at his movement as a model to be implemented here in Bahrain. So it is it is a mixture, a mixture of of, of movement uh, which does not have a specific ideology or specific leadership uh, from outside. You are struggling for for social justice and for dignity. How do you think you can achieve that when you have such repression against the people of Bahrain? I think that we always should be ready for any reform. Uh, Suppose uh, there were an opportunity happening after one month. If not, we are not ready to utilize this opportunity from now. Uh, We will fail to get it. So... We should be ready all the time to to catch up any any opportunities. That's why uh, maybe now we cannot see any uh, hope that the change is coming. But uh, return, returning back to our homes, uh, just waiting, is not a good not a good idea. So that's why the Bahrainis are insisting to continue demonstrating in the streets and uh, to demand for the uh, reform. And we believe that the, the support for this regime by uh, the Western countries uh, and by uh, all sides cannot be continued because if you can hide part of the problem in Bahrain, if you can keep the media silent about the problems in Bahrain. You cannot do it for long term. Uh, You cannot uh, uh, this is a tactic which can work just for short period. So we are uh, optimistic that the change is coming to Bahrain. You mentioned that you're a small island and you're close to very big oil producers like Saudi Arabia. Do you think that it is possible that if there were to be some change in Saudi Arabia that this could bring about a release of the repression that is on the Bahrain people? The Saudis are, are a factor, and they are important factors, of course. Of course, any change in Saudi Arabia would have its impact in Bahrain. Not the opposite. In fact, uh, I don't believe that if a change happened in Bahrain, it will have a big impact on the stability of the monarchies and the region. In fact, the support that this regime will uh, get, the, the regime get a good, uh, big support by the GCC the country, the Gulf countries, and the support because they were feeling that there is a threat to their stability if the change happened in Bahrain. So I feel that there is a big exaggerating about this because um, the majority in Bahrain are Shia. And usually you don't see the Shia are model for the Sunnis. So even if we succeed in our movement, uh, while the majority is Shia, they will not become a model for, for the majority in the Gulf who are Sunnis. Maybe the Egyptian will become a model for them, but not Bahrain. My limited understanding of um, the meaning of the word Shia is that it means follower, and um, I understand that the cousin of Muhammad uh, Ali, he was set the path for 
the Shia, uh, particularly in Iraq, and they their path was for justice and for dignity, uh, f for the human rights of all people. Now, the Sunnah, I understand it means, correct me if I'm wrong, it means the law. So what is it that causes the this uh, separation between the two currents of uh, Islam? What? Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, the Shia were representing the opposition and the Islamic history in general. They are a major part of the Islamic opposition, and usually uh, the major uh, monarchies, Islamic monarchies uh, before, were Sunnis. So we, we were representing the opposition, and that's why you will see a lot of Shia in Bahrain, uh, and in Yemen, and also in Morocco, uh, the Shia was there. So they are in the boundaries of the Islamic empire. Um, so uh, we are part of these boundaries uh, in the Gulf here. That's why uh, you'll see the, a lot of Shia in Bahrain. So the Shia in Bahrain represent uh, a major uh, part of the history of, of this country. Uh, while the ruling family came to Bahrain just two, uh, 200 years, 250 years ago. Um, and um, I don't believe that uh, the, the, the differences between Sunnah and Shia represent a major uh, effect on the current situation because uh, both Sunnah and Shia uh, who are demanding for the change are thinking about a secular uh, country, not an uh, not an uh, theocratic country. So that's why you will not see the changes on how we look to the country and how the Sunnis are looking to the countries. So at the end, uh, this route is not a major part for the division inside the country. For example, you will see some, some Shia are supporting this regime, and you will see some Sunnis are against this regime. So both opposition and uh, those who are loyal are mixed by Sunni and Shia. In the West, uh, a lot of commentators, um, they characterize the the tumult in the Middle East as being a conflict between fundamentalists Sunni and fundamentalist Shia. Um, is this a correct way of looking at the the, the uprisings that are occurring? Uh, no, I have different approach to, to look at it. Uh, I feel it is a conflict between uh, a dictatorship and those who are demanding liberty and uh, democracy. So uh, it is not about fundamentalists from both sides, because the fundamentalists of Sunnis are supporting uh, the loyal, uh, they are loyal to the ruling family. You will see this, but you may find some uh, fundamentalist uh, Sunnis in the future will be part of the opposition. 
So, so I'm not saying that it is only the Shia who are thinking about liberty and democracy. Yes. There are some Sunnis who are thinking about it also. And uh, the fundamentalist Sunni and Shia, they don't represent the majority. So if there is a conflict and they are minors, it, it will not be a big conflict while we are having a big conflict in Bahrain. So it is not ruled by the extremists uh, because the, extreme, the, the majority is moderate from both sides. Uh, but it, it, is, it is a big conflict between those who are supporting the change and uh, with those who are controlling the wealth. And because uh, the part which control the world is have an international uh, support, and they have the money, they have the military, they have the security forces, they have everything, but they don't have the majority. Majority of Bahrainis are supporting the change. You mentioned that there is a lot of corruption in um, Bahrain, particularly in the financial sector and you represented that sector that sector in the parliament that corruption is it open to manipulation by um, the United States government um, they keep silent about it you'll never uh, hear any statement from United States condemning the, the ongoing uh, corruption in the country uh, there is just ignorance for uh, transferring the wealth of the country to a private wealth for uh, the, some part of the ruling family and the VIPs. In fact, uh, uh, what's going on will affect our future uh, severely because what happened in the in this 10 years when uh, 20, uh, 20 years when, uh, no, it is less, it is about 15 years. Uh, what happened in this 15 years by when uh, King Hamad came to power, uh, there was a lot of corruption, and uh, this corruption will affect our, our history. The majority of the public properties and public uh, lands in Bahrain, they had been transferred from the public ownership to, to private ownership. And the prices of, of those properties is, is equivalent to uh, about $50 billion. And $50 billion is a very, very huge number comparing uh, uh, to our uh, small economy. So the corruption, uh, the corruption is everywhere. There is a corruption in all the GCC country. But even though you will not find such corruption in any GCC countries like what we have here in Bahrain. Uh, so that's why we are very affected by it. How is because it? Our resources are very limited. How has it affected the poor people and the workers in Bahrain? their lives uh, and, and their, you know, their day-to-day -day life? Yeah, in fact, uh, currently, the, the government and this regime is facing uh, an economical problem, economical crisis, very serious problem. But always in the authoritarian regime, 
the economical crisis always will not be part of a solution. It will not push them to, to think about solution because they don't care about the economy of the country. They just care, they just care about their power. So currently, uh, there is a crisis which is ignored and to cover the shortage in the budget, the current strategy is just to increase the corruption and just to reduce uh, the uh, expenditure on development, on infrastructure and health and education. And instead of this, you put your money in, in uh, military and security forces. Also, the, the, the social aid program is, is, is very poor and very weak. So this is their strategy. To 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 uh, to cover the shortage in their budget, to reduce the development part. That's why the normal people in Bahrain are very affected by this policy. You have um, come to Australia, and um, I'm interested in why you've come here and some of your personal story as to what led up to you coming to Australia. Um. I came here to Australia, and I believe that even Australia is very far from Bahrain. There are a lot of similarities between Australia and Bahrain, and Australia can uh, play a a positive role uh, and constructive role in our problems in Bahrain. Uh, First of all, Australia is a member of the uh, Human Rights Council in the UN, and uh, this council will uh, look at the situation in Bahrain as part of the universal periodic revision about the situation of human rights in Bahrain. So, and Australia is a member, and they can play uh, a positive role uh, by using their uh, membership to focus, to raise the concern about the ongoing violation in Bahrain. This is one thing. <coughs> Uh, the other thing is that uh, Australia is an important ally for the United States and UK, and both countries are a major player in the region. So I think if a good advice is coming from Australia to United States and UK, it can it can be uh, uh, much effective, uh, and I think. Uh, the Australians can give the right advice to United States and the UK to to support the, the the change and to support democracy in Bahrain instead of being in, in neutral uh, and instead of being silent about on the own ongoing violation in Bahrain. Before we began the interview, we talked briefly about. Uh, a member, a, a famous person in your country who is currently very sick and is on a hunger strike. Could you describe for the listeners what is happening there and why this has come about? Abdul Hadil Khwaja is now under under hunger strike. Sorry. Abdul Hadi Khwaja is under hunger, uh, hunger strike in Bahrain, and uh, his life is under risk. Uh, 
uh, he is a human rights activist and he was representing the uh, uh, frontline organization to defend the human rights activists. And now he needs the international community to defend him and to, to support him. Um, he was accused that he was trying to overthrow the regime. In fact, the human rights activists, they don't overthrow regimes. Uh, what can be used to overthrow a regime is having military, having weapons, and not having just uh, condemnations of the violence and the violations of the human rights. In fact, this is what Abdel Hadil Khwaja was doing. He was condemning the corruption. He was condemning the, the violence against the protesters. Uh, the regime cannot say that Abdul Hadil Khwaja was trying to overthrow the regime. Uh, this is something not uh, logical at all. So he is facing a very difficult period, and he needs the support uh, from the international community. We hope that the Australian will be part of, of this where, when they send the right advice to the ruling family there. To, to think seriously about their policy toward the human rights activists in Bahrain. They are targeted because they are talking about ongoing violations. I'd like to thank you for the opportunity of interviewing you and ask you that if there is anything more you'd like to say um, to the people in Brisbane about the um, very important things that you have raised. Yeah, I would like to focus on um, the idea that Australia can play a major role uh, to fix the ongoing uh, violation in Bahrain and to play, to play a constructive role there by, by the relation with the Americans and with the British. They are a major player in the region and they can give them the right advice uh, instead of ignoring the ongoing violation they can play a constructive role to help the country uh, to to move toward democracy instead of protecting uh, the dictatorship i wish you very good luck um thank you very much goodbye thanks Shabbat. thanks bye 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 now bye